Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. This is Channel Attitude, your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast with yours truly exclusively on Russo'sBrand.com with Channel Attitude. All right, I'm going to apologize because I actually have kind of a sore throat. It's kind of been um, <laughs> one of those days where I am just going to be coughing like so much. Like, it's not even funny. So I'm going to apologize in advance. I am super pumped though because by the time you are going to be listening to this episode, it is going to be 4th of July or post 4th of July. And I am a huge, like 4th of July is one of my favorite holidays throughout the entire year. I am so big on it, as you guys may or may not know. Uh, we just got done moving our tiny house on Saturday. Um, so we finally settled in. We are on this cute, just quintessential Americana ranch. It is so adorable. I might post some pictures after we have gone. Um, but it's so cute. We, uh, yesterday I spent every like waking moment I possibly could getting ready for 4th of July. I've got my red, white, and blue, um, you know, decor going throughout the house. I've already planned uh, what I want to cook and grill and bake and I'm just so excited. Super excited. Like this ranch is so cute. There's cows, there's chickens, there's pigs, there's horses, um, there's dogs, there's cats. They've they got, it's just so, so so cute like it was we were so excited to set up our tiny house here um super excited so I will share more with you guys about that actually during Q&A's uh today uh spoiler alert we are in fact going to have a brand new Q&A today we have not done that in a hot minute uh we've also got a brand new lessons from a nursing home we've got to keep it real I am going to answer a poll from my YouTube channel so definitely stop by there for things like motivation Mondays Q&A Wednesdays questions of the day including the poll that I'm going to answer and so much more. We've got a brand new fun fact today, um, as well as some world news. And then to round everything out, we have got a brand new uh, motivation segment to carry you through your week. So without any further ado, <laughs> let's dive right on. First things first, I wanted to give you guys a brief update, which I was kind of already doing with telling you about, you know, uh, having a sore throat after just all, all the talking and communicating with moving our tiny house from one location to the next. Um, <clears throat> That tends to happen to me quite a bit. So after shows or podcast day, always end up with a sore throat on podcast day. It just is what it is. I think it's par for the course of like moderate to severe asthma and restrictive lung disease and 
things like that. <laughs> I, I will say though, it has gotten better since I had um, surgery last year. Uh, last year was rough. I Okay, so I had surgery on my hand, which is my first ever surgery in my life. And then I also ended up having surgery to uh, get my tonsils, um, my adenoids, my uvula, and my uvula removed. And then they had to go in my nose and shrink what was called turbinates because I had such severe allergies that they were, I guess, taking up space in my nose that they weren't supposed to. I don't know. It was this whole big thing. Um, so that was, that was rough, especially as an adult. Um, I definitely believe the hype. Uh, the first three days uh, after that surgery, it was a breeze. I thought to myself, why on earth did everyone say this is so awful and you should get it done when you're a kid? Like, this is a breeze. Like, <laughs> you know, cause I have a really high pain threshold. Um, day four though came along and it kicked my behind from day four to day like 26 was just the worst. I would probably rather fracture my ankle again than go through day four through 26 of the healing process of getting my tonsils and my uvula and my adenoids out. It was just so awful, guys. I don't think I talked about that at all on my podcast, but yeah, I had to go through that. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was just so awful. Oh, uh, you know, I was so cocky on day one through three. I was like, oh, this is a like, this is so easy. You know, I was actually able to like talk and everything. And then day four was just like a punch to the face and, you know, uh, punch to the solar plex and, you know, getting, you know, oh man, just a chair shot to the back of the head and to the face and with a tombstone onto your skull and a northern lights into like a post or something. It was just like, oh. It was awful. Anyways, I digress. Uh, so sore throats, just par for the course. Um, <laughs> Sally Sausage was actually sick the last couple of days. Now she's finally feeling better. It was so stressful, uh, you know, moving locations and her not feeling well. So thank goodness. And then I had a family member in the ER uh, a week and a half ago. It can't. It turned out so much better than it probably should have. So we, we in this tiny house on wheels have been thanking our lucky stars. I am telling you. I <laughs> one hit after another but we keep rolling with positivity and everything else and everything is turning up Hendrix so everything is great um Lucia Patron announced their next show I am super excited guys mark your calendars October 14th live in Petaluma California like this roster is my absolute favorite roster that I have ever been a part of I love working with them as their agent and then I also love getting to be a part of the locker room as you know a wrestler or a valet like it's just so amazing um so I highly recommend these shows and not only do you get to see a really awesome kick-ass show with so many different types of characters um it's just such a unique amazing authentic atmosphere and every ticket helps donate to various food banks through lucha patron i believe they've raised over 137,000 plus meals and that's not including the tickets that are being sold for this show right now super cool if you want tickets to this event to see myself uh hernandez you've got ricky mandel Kalisto, uh, who is uh wwe's Kalisto, who is now known as Samurai del Sol, uh, Drago from Lucha Underground and AAA Mexico, as well as uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan Sledge. You've got uh, Alex Ace, you've got Big Fonz, um, RJ Santos, and Wicked Wicked, and so many more. Just amazing up-and-coming California talents like Midas Creed and Dom Cyrus to, you know, amazing veterans that we need more of like Hernandez. So it is a crazy awesome show where the top of the top from California collide with superstars from all over the world. LuchaPatron.com slash tickets. October 14th, live Petaluma, California.
Um, next is a merchandise sale uh, going on right now in celebration of 4th of July. It'll be going on for several days where you get, I believe, 20% or more off of t-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. So if you decide you want some merchandise of mine, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Taylor Hendricks. And also do not forget that I am on Cameo with Cameo.com slash Taylor Hendricks. Every video that you order from me that I bring back to you, you are also helping me donate to various charities like St. Jude's Hospital, the Purdue Research Foundation, Clean Water, Cancer Schmancer, the Wounded Warriors Project, and more. Um, I am a huge believer in small acts of kindness, really do add up to big, strong, magical, and amazing things in the world. Um, someone asked me to give a shout out about Cameo um, because they didn't actually know the link. So I just decided to deliver that to you all right here, right now. You are not going to want to miss this brand new Q&A. If you want to get your question answered by me as a fan, uh, what you're going to want to do is be on this podcast, Talks with Taylor Hendricks on Russo'sBrand.com. And you're also going to want to subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is here on one of the sides, youtube.com slash at Taylor Hendricks. Um, subscribe there. Go on down to the last Q&A Wednesday video that you find on my feed. Hit the thumbs up button and then comment below with your question on that video for your chance to be featured on my YouTube channel for Q&A Wednesdays, as well as on my podcast. Two for one. It's free and you get your question potentially answered by me. Here we go. Let's dive right on in. <clears throat> one person on my YouTube channel, they absolutely rock. They asked me, who is one of my favorite opponents in my career and who do I want to wrestle now that I am back in the ring? Well, that's actually a double whammy question because one of the, my favorite opponents in my entire career, I actually just got the chance to wrestle with for my in-ring return is Santana Garrett. She is the Wonder Woman of professional wrestling. She is the ringleader. Um, she is just absolute top. She is phenomenal. I adore her personality. We get along so well. Uh, we have some similar movesets and we just have a very similar approach to who we are as people and who we want to be going forward and our approach to wrestling and personal life balance. Um, and I really, really love that. I I've always gravitated towards her energy. Um, she is just a phenomenal worker in the ring and also a phenomenal person outside of the ring. And I just think she's absolutely beautiful and candid and free with her authenticity. And if, and, and if you seriously have been following me for any length of time, you are, you'd know I am huge on being free with your authenticity. And to me, Santana Garrett is one of the few people that actually does embody that in the pro wrestling industry. Um, as somebody else that I would love to wrestle again, I really enjoyed my run with Mandy Leon in Ring of Honor for Women of Honor. Um, I really wanted us to get a really good run for the belt, but unfortunately we didn't even have a belt at the time that I was there. So, um, that was something we were really working towards. And I actually briefly talk about that in an article that I just wrote for Fightful.com, where I talk about Athena being the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. I am really proud of that article as well as who Athena is as a Ring of Honor Women's Champion. So I would totally be down to wrestle with Mandy Leon again. I really felt like I was able to come out of my shell as a character and show people who I could be if I was in control of character development, promos, and all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, I've said this before, and I guess I'll say it again for any of the new fans that are listening to this right now. Um, you know, I did a series of promos leading up to our No DQ match. And what people don't realize is I was given no direction for those. They were just like, hey, uh, can you, do you mind just making, you know, a couple, you know, quick little promo blips that we can play to lead up to the match or whatever. And I was like, okay. And then I thought to myself, ooh, 
this is a moment. And if I do not capitalize on this moment, then I am probably one of the stupidest wrestlers on the planet. Um, <laughs> that's how I used to talk about my, myself, you know. Uh, that's why I always say, like, self-talk is so important. You have to, you know. I used to have such very negative self-talk. Anyway, um, and I, I I called around. I remember I I, uh, I messaged Drew Beyond. I messaged somebody from Top Rope uh, Promotions in, in New Bedford, Mass, where I uh, broke in on uh, when I began my career. Um, and I just went around to all kinds of different people until I finally found somebody who could help me film and bring these uh, ideas that I have to life, right? Because I am not a tech-savvy person. We've talked about that at great length and to great detail and much to my shame on this podcast. Um, and I needed somebody that could do that and make it really cool. So it wasn't just like my promo uh, where I did in my backyard at the time with Sumi Sakai. Um, I needed something that was more creative and storytelling and in-depth. And so I found this person and we did these, these amazing little promo videos that really hyped up. And honestly, I don't think I, it was in the plans for me to win that, but I think that the, those promos were so good that they decided to have me win. Um, I don't, I'm only guessing with that, to be honest with you, um, that, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I just suspect, um, but I think that it would have been so cool if we would have been able to carry on that storyline with all those things, that little seeds that I planted in those promos, those hype videos, if I slowly was able to like turn Mandy Leon into someone like myself, where, you know, in that, in that no DQ where, you know, she has that moment of this, just this inner turmoil and dialogue where her character has this innate struggle inside of herself. Like, do I treat her the way she's treated me or do I continue to fight with honor? And you see her take this moment where she's like, and then she puts the chair down and then I instantaneously grab it and then, you know, jab it into her midsection in her soloplex area. And then I twist her up into my tombstone onto the chairs. I was really happy about that because I did not want any sort of messed up chair uh, to potentially hurt her. So I was very gentle with it, but I, I also wanted to try to make it look good. But, you know, you're never in control of the metal of, of different things like the ladders and the chairs and everything else. So you have to be very mindful of those sorts of things. But yeah, that was so great. And I was really selling my shoulder legitimately because the night before or the day of it had popped out of the socket. So actually Vinny Marcellia actually helped me tape it up. Uh, before my match. And then Mandy was actually wearing my knee brace, I believe it was, um, because she got hurt the night before when we were at the dojo going over some things for the match, trying to come up with some different things. Um, so her and I were like both hurt leading into that match, but we were just so pumped and like we really wanted to just, you know, set the bar for that match. And um, I know this is long, but I just love that experience um with that match um and so just I really enjoyed working with her it was such a great opportunity to try and show people what not just what I could do but what she could do as well um and that was really important to me and it was just such a crazy cool uh sad amazing awesome weird unusual, incredible experience. So I would love to try to recreate and updo that again with her. That would be so cool. But yeah, that was just so amazing. Um, and just really getting to go through that. I forgot where I was going as far as like why I was talking about us both being injured and stuff, but I think it just shows the tenacity and the determination and the formidability and the gumption that we had leading into that. Like we we truly believed in what we were doing. And I thought it would be so cool 
um, because since I was actually selling that shoulder for real, I was like, well, if it's already injured, I might as well sell it and, and try to put over this one iconic moment in that match. And so that's when you see me putting the hurt shoulder under the rope, even though it's a no DQ match, but it's my way of trying to get the referee to like get involved in that one moment of trying to like make her like stop and think about her actions and then slowly turn her into my embrace your inner villain and, and Hale Hendricks sort of vibe. I thought that would have been such a great end game and then I completely turn her. And then, you know, she's like this bat, not just like a beautiful badass, but also just this like uh, villainous exotic goddess. And we just become this really cool, you know, tag team or whatever. That would have been so amazing. Um, I really would love the chance to work with Alex Gracia. I think she is a drastically underrated, phenomenal talent that has so much to give to a company that is willing to invest in her. I think there is a lot of potential sitting right below the surface with Alex Gracia. Um, and that's what's really hard, I think, about women in the business nowadays, um, even though no one asked me this, but I think it's something good to point out. Um, <laughs> a lot of women, because there's so much opportunity and demand now, they're not paying as much dues. So they're getting success a lot faster and a lot sooner. And I think it makes their star shine brighter short term, but burn out uh, short term as well. And I feel like that's something that slightly started to happen to Alex Gracia because she was she was wrestling all over the world. Like she had, she has, not had, has, I've talked with her on this podcast, such a stellar resume within the first like two and a half, three years in the business. Like I would have, I would have been blown away with those types of opportunities. I didn't start getting opportunities until I was like about six years in, which was around the time that I moved to Ohio Valley Wrestling from the East Coast. So you can see a very different perspective. You know, I carried bags. I got people's coffee. I did ring crew. I went to seminars where you show up dressed up and you leave your bag and your resume in the car. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. And then you help out. You get changed and you help out with the ring crew, even though you're not on the show or not getting paid, but you're just there for the weekend for their seminar. And then, you know, you wait to see if you're wanted or needed. And if you are, then you scurry out to get your bag and you come back in and you you try to impress or whatever and if they don't need you or don't want you then you just stay um and then you help take down and you're one of the last people to leave like I did that for years um and the thing about that people getting so much success so fast so soon is I don't think they always understand the value I'm not saying this about Alex Gracia because I know for a fact that she did but what happens is you get so much so fast so soon and then for some reason, a lot of times stuff that you don't understand why, it kind of just comes to a standstill and a halt. And it, it, it's so hard because you feel like a, a tree with roots stuck in the ground. Like you're just not going anywhere no matter how hard you struggle to break free, no matter how hard you try. And when you do get another opportunity, you seem, you feel underestimated. You see, you feel not appreciated and you feel like people are sleeping on you. And I feel like that's what's happened to Alex Gracia. And I feel like if a company will invest in her, they could have a gem of a talent that they could potentially build a division around. That's my opinion. Um, there was more I could have said about more wrestlers, but I think we're going to move on. <laughs> um, do I have any new segments coming to my YouTube channel? Yes, I have a brand new segment called Red Pill Realizations coming to my YouTube channel. We've got more lessons from a nursing home. We've got a brand new podcast that I can't wait to share with you. And I am wanting you guys 
to tweet Vince Russo and tell him you want the return of our pop culture talks called The Brand Live with Vincent Taylor, where we debate each other as a millennial versus Gen X and as a man versus a woman. And we approach these, you know, pop culture topics from different perspectives. And I think it's such a cool vibe. Like, it's so cool. So tweet him, tell you you want, him, want that back. Uh, advice for wrestlers. Um, understand that a lot of the people that you're shaking hands with and a lot of people that are hugging you are going to be, and, and this isn't being bitter. This is just the reality of the business. Okay. Uh, you can hear it from Rip Rogers, Al Snow, Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, even Jim Cornette, actually, uh, tons of people, whether you like them or not, they've all said this exact thing in their own way. Um, and I'm going to, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Those people, a lot of the same people that you're in carpools with, sharing hotels with, shaking hands with, wrestling with, and hugging and all this other stuff. Those are the same people that while hugging you, they are going to be the ones that pull you in so tight and you are going to be none the wiser when they stab you in the back, literally, figuratively, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and twist the knife so it nicks your kidneys. Those are the types of people that you are around day in and day out. So you have to make sure that you do not become one. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will hate on this, but it's the truth, okay? Um, nobody is going to recommend a job for you more than they would themselves. That's, that's the reality of it. Even if the job would be better suited or the gimmick would be better suited for you, they're, they're most likely going to take it for themselves. And you have to understand that. Um, you know, people want their own payday. People want their own buzz. They want their own attention. So they're going to be riding with you, but that doesn't mean that they're for you. So definitely learn to be your own biggest promoter, your own biggest cheerleader, your own biggest coach, and your own biggest critic. Because a lot of people critiquing you are people that have never even taken a bump or performed in front of 10,000 people. Um, understand that, you know, when, when you're riding high, there's going to be people that want to ride high with you, but they're not for you. Sometimes you have to learn how to be your own company and be your own counsel and look out for you, protect yourself, protect your gimmick, protect your brand. At the end of the day, anybody can learn how to wrestle. Not everybody can be a character and the characters are the ones that draw the most money. So if you have that kind of charisma, that, that innate talent, protect it because there are people that are going to want to make you commit the same mistakes that they did and so forth so they can feel better about themselves. It's that whole status quo thing that we talk about, you know, a vested interest in your silence, that sort of thing. Protect yourself, protect your career. Don't, don't follow the crowd because sometimes those environments were never meant for you um, and learn to be okay with that. Uh, thoughts on money in the bank. I did not get to see money in the bank because I was moving my tiny house. So I do not have any thoughts on it, but that's going to bring me to the poll. And most people that answered the poll for the question of the day on my YouTube channel about money in the bank, most of you, more than 75% of you actually said that you really enjoyed and really thought it was awesome. So I want to hear your thoughts on this podcast. Did you guys watch money in the bank? Did you like it? Did you think it was awesome? Or did you think, eh, just another pay-per-view? I want to hear from you. 
All right, we had several more questions. Um, I will end on this last one for the day just because I think it's so cute and funny. And then we're going to take our next break. So here we go. Um, I briefly mentioned in a previous video on my YouTube channel that I am corny and I make no apologies for it. I am a corny person. Um, you know, I used to tell the corniest jokes to Kelly Klein whenever we were on the road together or in the ring or whatever. I even made Mistress Belmont bust out laughing in the middle of the match when she's beating me up. And and <laughs> she's supposed to be this dastardly evil heel. And I just remember her like beating on me, beating on me. And then just, she just goes, it starts busting up. <laughs> that is me in the ring. I am talking 24 seven in the ring. And sometimes it's not even about what's going on in our match. Like, <laughs> so here's a joke that I told my dad and my, my dad is so awesome. <laughs> he is definitely an answered prayer in my life. Um, we love corny jokes and we drive my mother, Mama Hendrix, crazy. So, um, <laughs> okay, here we go. Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> that is just the taste of my greatness. <laughs> As I make myself have an asthma attack. Um, okay. So we just came out of our brand new Q&A. Uh, definitely head on over and subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Taylor Hendricks. Uh, for your chance to have your question featured, you're going to want to scroll down to the last Q&A Wednesday video. Hit the thumbs up and comment your question in the comments below that video for your chance to be featured on my podcast, Talks with Taylor Hendricks, as well as on my YouTube channel for Q&A Wednesdays. Now we're going to move on to a segment that is really near and dear to my heart. It is called Lessons from a Nursing Home. <laughs> asthma is going to kick me today. So for those of you that do not remember, Lessons from Nursing Home was an idea that I came up with because I felt like I learned a lot of life lessons um, and didn't necessarily understand the value of them until I got older. Um, and where I learned a lot of these lessons was from actually working in a nursing home. I had a lot of different jobs because I had been working since I was 13 years old. My mother had me get a job at 13. And so I've pretty much been working ever since, basically. Um, and so when I was about 15, 16, I believe I was around 15, 16 years old, I actually worked in a nursing home. And I worked in the kitchens. And then I also worked um, sitting in the activity rooms and stuff like that with them. And so I came up with the idea of sharing some of those life lessons with you, my fans, um, and my listeners on this podcast. So today's uh, lessons from a nursing home is called The Grass Grows Back. <laughs> I actually forgot about this lesson until a couple weeks ago when something kind of just jogged my memory. I think I read a poem because I'm a huge avid reader and it talked about, um, it talked about leaves in the grass and somehow that jogged my memory of hearing this woman talk to me, uh, one day at the nursing home about how the grass grows back. And I really wanted to share this with you guys, because even if you do not have children, I think this lesson is still very applicable today. Um, she told me in not so many words that she used to wish for the day when things would grow back, when things would be perfect. And then she said, and then one day they were, and she said that was the worst day of her life. She said, I used to always want everything to be perfect, to look perfect and, you know, to have the perfect plants and the perfect manicured yard with the, the impeccably dressed family who went to church and, you know, the, the, the 
perfect no dust on the on the mantle and all these other things and she used to always say that she always wished her yard was clean and looked nice and like I said manicured and she said one of her biggest pet peeves was the grass in the yard and she said the worst day of her life was when the grass grew back she said that she would give anything to go back to the days where the grass under her swing set was basically non-existent from the little child feet trampling through there as they ran, they, you know, slid down that slide and swung on that swing and jumped off and did butterflies and everything else and trampled the grass until it was basically just dirt with a trodden path. She said she would give anything to go back to those days and she had no idea that the day the grass would grow back would be the worst day of her life. Um, and that's when she told me this quote, one day, almost without your noticing, the kids grow up and the grass grows back. And so that was just like, <sighs> and why I thought that was so such a, a an ideal worth sharing, even if you do not have children, is because of the simple fact of wishing. Wishing, wanting, hoping, thinking, praying, whatever you want to call it, okay? A lot of us, a lot of times, delay happiness for the perfect set of examples, the perfect set of circumstances that we think will achieve what we want, whether that's our own happiness or a certain goal, whatever it may be, okay? And that was the that was what I got out of this lady's ex talking to me, was the day the grass grew back was the worst day of my life. Because she spent so much time, you know, hating that trodden path where you know, the trampoline used to be and the, the punctures in the ground from the feet of the trampoline and the, just the, the, the mess of, you know, mud and, and dirt and footprints and no grass under the base of the slide and by the swings and all the toys strewn about the yard. You know, she always wanted it to be perfect, wished for it to be perfect, wished for the grass to grow back, wished for all of these things. And then when she had them, she realized that was the worst thing that she could have ever wished for. Now, as any parent knows and should understand, it may feel sad as your child gets a day older or a year older or 10 years older, but that's also a gift that, that a lot of other people don't get to experience and enjoy. And if you raise empathetic, hardworking, healthy, successful children that turn into productive members of society as adults that are healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, then you did your job as a parent. But like she said, the grass grows back. So what does this mean to you and for you if you don't have children? Is stop wishing for the perfect set of circumstances. Appreciate what you have today, right now, because you never know if while you're busy looking this way, wishing for things to be one way, you're, you might end up losing what you already have today. Do not delay your goals and your happiness for the perfect set of circumstances, okay? I talked about this on Taylor Wilde's Wild On podcast, uh, I think a month or two ago. I talked about how kids don't need to see perfection. They just need to see you trying and doing and failing and succeeding. Failure is a necessary step on success, of success, okay? You can't be afraid. If you're afraid to fail, then you're never going to succeed. You're never going to win if you're always afraid of losing. Um, and for me, the grass grows back is a perfect example of that. You will find a lot of regret in nursing homes. So why not learn from those mistakes, those examples? Don't be wishing for that grass to be perfect. Be happy that that grass is trodden and sunken in and beat up. 
because eventually it will get healthy and it will grow back. And all you're going to be left with is the memory. So why not be present in that moment? Enjoy those children going down that slide and enjoy those children playing catch in the backyard or, you know, running around with the dogs or swinging on the swing, jumping on that trampoline, making s'mores by the fire pit outside, whatever that case may be. Maybe the little chlorine puddles coming up your patio, you know, all of those things, one day they'll be gone. So appreciate them while you have them, okay? Um, when I talked on Taylor Wilde's podcast, I told her, you know, I could have probably become an author a lot sooner. You know, some of my books, I started writing them in the sixth grade uh, or when I was in TNA, when I was taking trips to WWE, when I was at Ring of Honor, I was always writing. But I always delayed, 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 thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have a strong enough voice for this or, uh, you know, because you can't remember your, your, your grammar lessons. Like, like it's going to be a flop. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, it's not going to be what you want, this, that, and the other. Everybody's going to make fun of you, whatever, whatever. And then one day I just said, stop it. Why not me? Why not right now? Why not today? Why not bet on myself to win? It doesn't have to be perfect. I just need to do it to the best of my ability and improve from there. And that's exactly what I did. And I became a published author featured in Yahoo Finance. Appreciate what you have because one day without you noticing, the grass grows back. I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. I thought that was such a profound thing to discuss and I, I really felt like it applies to everyone and not just people that have children. However, this fun fact that we're heading into right now is actually legitimately about children. So I want to hear from you guys. Did your parents do this with you growing up or were you a part of the, the ones that didn't? Let's find out right here. Did you know Fun fact, there was apparently a Harvard study that spanned 75 years. And in that 75 years, according to that Harvard study, they found that there was one thing that when implemented young in a child's life, it created more successful, happy, and empathetic adults who were successful in their careers. In fact, in a different study done by the University of Minnesota over a 20-year time frame, found that one of the single best predictors of adult success was in fact this one thing, where if implemented very young in childhood, would produce a better sense of self-worth, selflessness, um, a family bond, a stronger family bond, um, a very good work ethic, um, more confidence, and so forth in their child. Can you guess what it is? Um, in a poll uh, sur uh, that surveyed over 1,000 parents, only 28% of them were implementing this one thing in their child's life. Can you guess what it is? Household chores. How many of you grew up doing household chores? I was definitely one of them. By the time I was like seven or eight years old, I knew how to do laundry. I was cooking with my mother. I was helping clean litter boxes or cleaning the bathroom or helping fold towels, helping vacuum and everything. Uh, you know, by like age 12, I, I was a pretty self-sufficient, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and like I said in the previous segment, I was 13 when I, when I had to get a job. So it's like, I, 
I can definitely attest to the self-worth, uh, more empathetic, happy, successful uh, bonding experience, as well as confidence and work ethic and so forth. Um, did you guys know that? Or are you just learning that like me right now? Um, Harvard studied this for 75 years and the University of Minnesota studied it for 20. Um, they, they, they found, like I said, it was the one of the single best predictors of adult success by having your kids from a very young age do childhood chores, doing it together as a bonding experience and also creating a sense of accomplishment as well as feeling more a part of like a bigger sense of self, like a part of their own ecosystem. Very, very interesting. Very, very cool study from Harvard and the University of Minnesota. Now we are going to head on to or head into some world news. I really enjoy this because I know that I have, you know, different listeners from different parts of the world. So to me, this is a really cool bonding experience. Um, I have some new followers from India, Mexico, Peru, Brazil, uh, United States and more. So it's really, really awesome seeing just the huge, awesome reach of the Taylor Army. <laughs> so I make it a point to do world news more often. So here we go. <laughs> Apparently, I learned this today. There's this thing called the Economist Intelligence Unit, and they have what they call the Global Livability Index, and they do this apparently every year. And so the Economist Etel Intelligence Unit's Global uh, Livability Index 2023 list, that's a big mouthful, um, they created this list every year, and this year they listed the 10 most livable cities in the world. And guys, I'm going to give you the top five, but spoiler alert, the top 10 most livable cities in the world, not a single one of them was in the United States. What are we doing? What are we doing? Here we go. Coming in at number five, the amazing, awesome place known as Vancouver, Canada, BC Lions. We are killing it this season. Just saying. Coming in at number four was Sydney, Australia. Coming in at number three, Melbourne, Australia. All my Australian fans, what do you think of that, honestly? Let me know. I have several people that I know that live in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, coming in at number two, I was super pumped about this because it's on my bucket list to go there. Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, the book that I read as a kid that inspired me to want to become an author, and it actually sparked my love of reading, um, takes place in Copenhagen, Denmark. It's called Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. I've been obsessed with Copenhagen ever since. And coming in at number one, I would have never guessed, Vienna, Austria. I've been to Austria and it was actually beautiful. I went to Salzburg and I actually got to go into one of their salt mines and I got to see the garden from the Sound of Music. It was absolutely amazing. But so that's the top five in the top 10 most livable cities around the world. Tell me your thoughts. And and all my US fans out there, like, we got we got some work to do. <laughs> all right. While you were, you know, focusing on the sub that went down to look at the Titanic and ended up joining the Titanic, uh, really, really sad. I felt like a lot of the memes, while humorous, were also in poor taste. Um, while that was going on, you were distracted from the fact that a lot of things were happening. One of them being that the United States just approved Bill Gates's lab-grown meat for sale. What this means is it's going to be coming to markets near you. Right now, they are starting with chicken grown from animal cells and two, and specifically two California company labs, Upside Foods, which is backed by Bill Gates, and another one called Good Meat, are going to be, um... They're going to be like the two top producers right now for the nation. And they're going to be distributing these chicken, uh, chicken, 
uh, to restaurant tables and eventually to supermarkets near you. What do you think about this? I am personally, no, not about it. No, thank you. Um, so you're going to want to be paying attention to words, buzzwords that are going to be related to lab-grown meat. These are what they are cell cultivated and cultured meat. If you see that, that means it was lab grown by animal cells in a lab by Bill Gates. All right, all my fans from France, this is for you. Here we go. France became one of the first countries to um, enforce the fact that all of the unsold food at supermarkets should be given to the needy. I love this. I don't know why more countries don't do this. I mean, it's just, it's going to be lost money and lost revenue anyway. So if it doesn't sell and it's not bad, but you, you're not selling it, why not donate it and use that as a tax write-off for the company? It's a win-win. It's a win for the company because they get a tax write-off. It's a win for the employees because they still get employment. And the more tax write-offs, the more profitable the company, which means the better they are to give you a pay raise and to stay in business. It's better for the communities because then they have a, a have a reliable place to shop. It's, uh, it's a win for the people that are of need and including farmers who need like, you know, slop and things like that for pigs and so forth. It's a win, 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 no matter which way you slice it. I don't know why more countries are not doing this. Kudos to France. <laughs> also on the docket is Finland. All right, let me see here. Finland, we talked about Finland last week. Like Finland is pretty darn awesome if you ask me. So here's why they're going to be in this week's segment as well. Finland is offering free vacations for people who want to come to Finland and learn how to be happy. That's right. You heard that right. A free four-day masterclass vacation for people that want to come and learn the Finnish ideals, the Finnish philosophy, and learn about life balance in the Finnish way. Um, according to the UN's, here's another big mouthful, according to the UN's Sustainable Development Solutions Networks, they have what they call the World Happiness Index Report for 2023. Why do they have like such wordy titles? Like just like, I don't know. I, I digress. Apparently, they uh, do. They analyze certain metrics like uh, mental and physical health of the the country, um, their income versus bills, and community generosity, among other metrics. And this uh, World Happiness Index report for 2023 reported that Finland is the top most happiest country in the world. If you are from Finland, I want to hear from you. Is this accurate? And if you are interested in learning how to have a better work-life balance um, and just overall happiness, you can uh, look up on Google the four-day masterclass trip to Finland to learn the Finnish philosophy and life balance. All right. And last but not least, we're going to stop in California for all of my U.S. fans out there. A California dad named Austin apparently suffered a massive near-fatal brain hemorrhage. And the reason why I wanted to discuss this right here is because I've seen so many wrestlers down in coffee, uh, supplements, and energy drinks galore. It's a really harsh lifestyle, you have to remember. You know, you're on the road all the time. You're not getting a lot of sleep. You have to be in peak physical condition. You don't get a lot of sleep. You have to go to the gym. You're injured, this, that, and the other. It's just so easy to take, you know, an aspirin or a Tylenol to chug coffee and energy drinks and all kinds of other stuff, right? Well, I have seen people's face seize up. I've also seen uh, grandma seizures where their eyes are open, but they're just not there in like 
foaming and drooling from the mouth. I've seen some really scary stuff in wrestling, guys. I, I kid you not. And some of that actually had to do with energy drinks. So this is why I want to bring this up because it's not just wrestlers who chug energy drinks. Believe me, I have seen it. So this dad named Austin suffered a massive brain hemorrhage. And after his doctors did like a huge toxicology test and all this other stuff, they confirmed that the most likely cause was a massive use of energy drinks to put up with his long work hours, his grueling schedule and being a, a, a new young dad. So um, he apparently after brain surgery, he suffered brain swelling, strokes and seizures, which resulted in having uh, to remove part of his skull. So moral of the story, we talked about last week on motivation, how, you know, your diet isn't just what you put in, you know, food and drinks that you put in your mouth. It's your environment. It's your habits, your everything. This is just one of those many examples. You need to be mindful of what you're doing because this could have easily resulted in death. I mean, it was a near fatal brain hemorrhage. So please, guys, take time to sleep. That whole phrase, the hustle never sleeps, I've used it, so many people have used it, but it takes years off your life and you are worth so much more than a piece of paper, okay? Sleep, eat healthy, t talk healthy in here, absorb healthy content and information around you, make your environment healthy so that you can be around for your kids or your future kids someday and for yourself and for the kid that you used to be, okay? Put down the energy drink, pick up healthy food, and bet on yourself to win. That positive message leads me to some motivation. After all, that was one of the main focuses of me wanting to start Talks with Taylor Hendricks is so that we can all be a part of someone else's survival guide someday in the hopes that we can all change for the betterment of ourselves and for everybody um, in the world by becoming the adults we needed as children. The more success stories out there, the more success there will continue to be out there. So here we go. Um, <clears throat> we have been talking for months now about breaking generational trauma and unrealized generational curses that we can create generational wealth and prosperity. What we've also been talking about is how some people don't want you to do that because they themselves have not done that and they don't want to take accountability for passing down a lot of those hurtful things. Those 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 ideas that keep you in poor health, those those ideas and habits that keep you poor financially um, and those habits and ideas that keep you poor mentally and emotionally and spiritually. All right. We're working on trying to break all of those things. Okay. And some people don't want to see you do that. Some people don't want you to do it. And some people will act like they want you to do it, but in reality, try to sabotage you low key or talk a lot of S about it. You know what I'm saying? So today, what I want to tell you is really, really simple because this is going to happen whether you want it to realize it or not. When you are trying to do great things, you can't do epic shizit with basic people, okay? And some people don't want to see you win. Some people only want to be around you when you're winning, okay? And there's going to come times where you question if this journey you are now on is worth it. Everybody does that because it's hard. That's why not everybody achieves this, because if it was easy, everybody would have it, everybody would do it, and everybody would pass it down. But they don't, because it's not easy, and not everyone wants to put in the work. So, this, I promise you, this will happen, and when it does, I want you to think back to this video and ask yourself this question. So, here it is. Next time you feel resentful about something or someone or you know, an event or a conversation or something that didn't happen, but should have, I want you, I want you to remember that feeling. And I want you to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself this, 
am I resentful because they trespassed on my boundaries? Or am I resentful because I trespassed on my own boundaries by giving more than I'm actually comfortable giving? I want you to ask that of yourself because the answer may surprise you. When you are doing something that a lot of other people around you have not done, it's so easy to fall back on previous bad habits. That's why we always say on this podcast and on my YouTube channel, first you make your habits and then your habits make you, okay? That's why we talked about diet and everything else last week and that's why we're bringing this up this week. So the next time when you find yourself really resentful because you see people having it so easy or having things that they didn't work for, or they didn't deserve, or they said something that they maybe shouldn't have, or an opportunity went to someone else when it should have gone to you, whatever the case may be, and you feel really resentful about that and you're like really mad and, and, and you're just feeling very toxic on the inside because, you know, here you are putting in so much work on yourself and on your goals and everything else. And it's not necessarily happening in the time frame that you want. And you heard something you didn't like or someone did something that you didn't like or that you didn't deserve. Ask yourself, am I resentful because they trespassed on my boundaries or am I resentful because I trespassed on my own boundaries? And the reason why I want you to ask that is because sometimes when we're doing something that's difficult and we know that we made a lot of changes in our life to go on this journey that isn't easy, but the ultimate goal is worth it, sometimes we fall backwards by wanting to indirectly or subconsciously seek acceptance from other people that used to accept us that no longer do. Um, And some ways in which we do that is by giving more than what we're comfortable giving. And whose fault is that? Ours, not theirs. So again, the next time you're feeling resentful, no matter what the case may be, be honest and ask yourself, am I resentful because they trespassed on my boundaries? Or am I resentful because I trespassed on my own boundaries by giving more than I was comfortable giving. Um, That is a mistake I used to make so much. And when I started making changes to better myself as a person, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, successfully, everything else, so many people were dropping out of my life and I couldn't understand it. I became resentful. I became, I was hurt. I was confused. I was angry. And then I realized, why was I trying so hard for the acceptance of people that were never really for me to begin with? They were not loyal to me. They were not loyal to my need of me, their need of me, I should say. And once I changed and once their needs changed, so too did their loyalty. So I had to ask myself, am I resentful because they trespassed on my boundaries? In certain cases, yeah, they did. In other cases, I had to ask myself, or am I resentful because I trespassed on my own boundaries by giving more than what I was comfortable giving? Sometimes both answers can be true. But once you can acknowledge that, then you can get to the root cause of the problem and continue moving forward instead of being stuck like trees with roots stuck in the ground. All right, everyone, this has been the latest episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast. I come to you live every single Tuesday as part of the brand family with Channel Attitude on Russo'sBrand.com. You get over 20 plus different podcasts and live streams, all for less than a large cup of coffee per month with no long-term commitment. You will not find a better deal out there in the podcast world. I guarantee it.
All right, everyone. Talk soon.